0: So, we are continuing with chapter Uh, 3. This is Canto 11, part 1, chapter 3 from the Srimad Bhagavatam. It is a chapter which is uh, like a chewing gum, you know, it is extending, extending, extending. Because it is all about Maya. So, so we are doing uh, verse number 27 and 28 just now. Uh, So far we have been hearing a lot of stories about Maya so now let us see how we were we are able to overcome the first thing that we did was the first method of overcoming is to be under a guru a tutelage of a guru so after that what are we supposed to do one should hear glorify and meditate upon the wonderful transcendental activities of the lord one should specifically become absorbed in the appearance activities, qualities and the holy name of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Thus inspired, one should perform all of one's daily activities as an offering to the Lord. One should perform sacrifice, charity, penance exclusively for Lord's satisfaction. Similarly, one should chant only those mantras which glorify the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And all one's religious activities should be performed as an offering to the Lord. Whatever one finds pleasing or enjoyable, he should immediately offer to the Supreme Lord and even his wife, children, home and very life life air, he should offer at the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, we are now talking about the next aspect of what is to be done once you have found your master, once you have got training under him. Then the next thing is to meditate on this Lord. That is the Supreme Divine Consciousness. Now the Supreme Divine Consciousness is the Supreme Divine Consciousness from the Second Divine Unmanifest. And we are supposed to pray to this Supreme Divine Manifest. Now how does it happen? It is all about first listening to all the stories that are being told. Now this is the story which is going on. How to praise the Lord. Right from there onwards to performing different different kinds of activities in the material world. Like sick for example, doing sacrifices, charity, penance and so on and so forth and then glorifying the Lord. All these we have done an n number of times before. So let us continue with what we have to see over here. Next verse says, One who desires the ultimate self-interest should cultivate friendship with those persons who accept Krishna as the Lord of their life. One should further develop an attitude of service towards all living beings. One should especially try to help those in the human form of life and among them, especially those who accept the principles of religious behavior. Among religious persons, one should especially render service to the pure devotees of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Once you are listening to the stories, doing all sorts of activities, you should be in the company of those who are devoted to the Lord only. That means always be in the company of those who praise the Lord or those who are devoted to the Divine Lord, that is Krishna and try to help them, try to be a part of their world and all kinds of religious behavior that is acceptable to the society should be practiced at that point in time. One should learn how to associate with the devotees of the Lord by gathering with them to chant the glories of the Lord. This process is most purifying, as devotees thus develop their loving friendship, they feel mutual happiness and satisfaction and by this thus encouraging one another, they are able to give up material sense gratification which is the cause of all sufferings. Once you meet all these devotees, what do you do? You don't go- gossip about Tumari ghar mein kya khana hai, mere ghar mein kya khana hai. That is not what you are supposed to gossip about. The thing which you are supposed to talk about is, can we sing the praises of the Lord? You make songs, Beautiful bhajans, kirtans, those kind of things, you know. It's like a very, very, very pious atmosphere that has to be created. Songs can be sung, dances, you know, aradhanas for different, different kinds of to the Lord. They have to be performed and exchanging stories of the Lord. Now, you will find that in many, many cases, there is a lot of end that is going on. and means it, you, they keep on reading text after text after text. So you can do that as well. You can do the Gita, you can do various other things. Alright, so that can be done. Then the devotees of the Lord constantly discuss the glories of the personality of Godhead among themselves. Thus they constantly remember the Lord and remind one another of his qualities and pastimes. In this way, by their devotion to the principles of Bhakti Yoga, the devotees please the personality of Godhead who takes away from them everything inauspicious. Being purified, in all impediments, the devotees awaken to pure love of Godhead and thus even within this world their spiritualized bodies exhibit symptoms of transcendental ecstasy such as standing in the bodily hair on end. Now, once they have started singing songs to the Lord, once they have started dancing for the Lord, they have started exchanging stories. Now when you discuss the glories and the personality of Godhead, what happens to them is these pastimes which are discussed, like different different stories that are there. Now you will find that it's not only in the Bhagavatam, but there are other texts where the stories are being said. Whatever the stories that are going around, all this have to be discussed. And after that, you will find that the Bhakti grows in that particular person. And it grows to such a level that he is able to overcome his difficulties as well. The difficulties are mundane difficulties. We are not talking about the great difficulties in life. We are talking about basic you know, khane difficulty, those kind of things. And then what happens? He exhibits different kinds of bhav. Bhav means expression. Bhav is an expression on the body. How does it come about? You'll find that the person will cry. When the name of the Lord comes, he cries. He smiles. He dances. His hair stand on end. You'll find that his entire body is covered with, you know, kya you usku? Shahararipalations. And these are the things which happen. So, you will find that he exhibits symptoms of transcendental ecstasy. Having achieved love for Godhead, the devotee sometimes cries out loud, absorbed in the thought of infallible Lord. Sometimes they laugh, feel great pleasure, speak out loud to the Lord, dance or sing. Such devotees, having transcendental material conditioned life, sometimes imitate the unborn supreme by acting out his pastimes and sometimes, achieving his personal audience, they remain peaceful and silent. Okay, now what are the things that happens? Sometimes, these devotees, who are now absorbed in the Lord, they sing, they dance, they talk, they laugh, they seek pleasure, they speak out loudly about the Lord. You will find that they will keep on gesticulating and talking very loudly. They will dance, they will sing also. And these people, they are talking about the qualities of the Lord, his stories, his pastimes. Sometimes they enact the roles also. They will themselves enact the role of a, a Bal Krishna or a grown-up Krishna with the gopis around him. These kind of activities happen. And sometimes they achieve personal audiences with the Lord, which basically when you meet the Lord. How are they when they meet the Lord? They are supposed to remain peaceful and silent. The most important thing is when you meet the Lord, you are supposed to be peaceful and silent. It is not required that you have to come up with some stories. Understand? Being all-powerful, all-knowing, he has an idea about it. Thus, learning the science of devotional service and practically engaging in the devotional service of the Lord. The devotee comes to the stage of love of Godhead. And by complete devotion to the Supreme Personality of God and Narayana, the devotee easily crosses over the illusory energy maya, which is extremely difficult to cross. Now we have complete the completed the entire you know problems that can be associated with Maya and how to overcome them. Overcoming them first and foremost, you need to find yourself a guru. You need to understand the scriptures if possible or the different kinds of things that the guru can teach you. Third, you are supposed to be in the company of the devotees. When you are in the company of devotees, sing, dance, do whatever that is necessary for appeasing the Lord. When you do all these things, maya will automatically go away. This is the way of getting over the the clutches of maya. King Nimi inquired, please explain to me the transcendental situation of the Supreme Lord Narayana who is himself the absolute truth and soul of everyone. You can explain this to me because you are the most expert in transcendental knowledge. So now he is asking him, How is the Lord? Sri Piplayana said, The Supreme Personality of Godhead is the cause of creation, maintenance, and destruction of this universe. Yet he has no prior cause. He pervades the various states of wakefulness, dreaming, and unconscious deep sleep, and also exists beyond them. By entering the body of every living being as a super soul, He enlivens the body, senses, life, air and mental activities and thus all the subtle and the gross elements, organs of the body begin their functions. My dear King, know that Personality of Godhead to be the Supreme. Now, this is something which we have been talking about right from the beginning. What are we saying? We are saying the Lord is the one who created this world. He is sustaining it. There are various Gunas. He enters into the bodies of individuals and so on and so forth. The entire thing is being mentioned over here and everything is clearly described, I think, from the beginning when we have been doing this beautiful book. Neither the mind nor the faculties of speech, sight, intelligence, the life air or any of the senses are capable of penetrating the supreme truth. Any more the small spark can affect the original fire from which they are generated. Not even the authoritative language of the Vedas can perfectly describe the supreme truth, since the Vedas themselves claim the possibility that the truth can be expressed by words. But through direct, indirect reference, the Vedic sound does, not serve, does serve as evidence of the supreme truth, since without the existence of the supreme truth, the various restrictions found in the Vedas would have no ultimate purpose. This is something which... I think I have been emphasizing time and again right from the beginning. What am what I saying? You can keep on reading as many books as you want. You can keep on practicing whatever that you want. You can keep on doing the yoga sanas or standing on top of your head, you know, standing on, on your head for next hundred years also. Or you could not be drinking water or, or eating for as many days as you can survive. Nothing will make you understand the dear Lord. Simply because, you are using your material body and the senses which are there along with your mind. And nobody can understand the Lord by using any of these things. There is a method, no doubt about it. And it's called an indirect method. The Vedas are also saying, this is an indirect method. Indirect method means, it is like trying to see, you know, uh, I don't know, whether, whether, you know, there is a pearl. There is a pearl. Those who have seen the pearl, Have you seen that chippy in which the pearl is, you know? Now, think about it, I have removed the pearl. What do you see in that seashell? In the seashell you just see a glitter of that. You know, just a small glitter of that. That glitter is supposed to be called the mother of pearl. Okay? That is what is there in your watches. If you have seen your watches shining sometimes, you know, as if there is a pearlish glow on them it is called mother of pearl even sometimes you see the daggers or the instruments that are there they have the handles made of mother of pearl but the mother of pearl is not the pearl what makes you think that the pearl is that it is just a reflection it is just something that you see so likewise imagine we are all looking at the sun in the reflection in a pot there is a pot of water In that we are seeing the sun. So do you really think that is the sun? It is just an image of the sun. So this this is called an indirect reference. You know people have told me that God is in me. So I behave like this. So I get my great ideas from God. Incidentally I hear this every second day. I get great ideas from God. I heard God. Think about it. God is talking to you. God is saying certain things. Through what? He's got an internet connection or what? There is no connectivity. What? There is no connectivity. We are all imagining things. It's a part of imagination. When I was told just a few days ago that God told me that I am supposed to help this person and I am supposed to do this and I am supposed to do that. Okay? It's your goodness that you are going to do it. Fine. You are using your sattvic abilities to help the person. But why would God want to tell you that? Think about it. The Divine Lord is not at all in that particular aspect of the Divine. He is nowhere to be found. But we still keep on insisting that the Lord is there, the Lord is there, the Lord is there and the Lord is there. Those who have done the Bhagavad Gita with me will know very well there are verses in chapter 5 where the lord says very clearly i am not there in that particular aspect of the human divine so don't be under this mistaken impression and every time when people say you know you are responsible you are responsible there are two verses which clearly define that god is not responsible so now think about it you are doing an indirect reference and this is where it means See this entire thing is going to tell you, neither the mind nor speech, sight, intelligence, life air, senses are capable of penetrating the supreme truth. Nothing, nothing can penetrate this truth. Nor even, even if you try authoritative language of the Vedas, nothing can do that. They can only describe, some description can be given. They themselves tell you the possibility that the truth can be expressed in words, only that, suppose, maybe the truth can be expressed in words, but again, cannot be expressed. We cannot understand the Divine Lord by any of these methodologies, but it is called indirect reference. Indirect reference means there is no direct reference to the Lord. Indirectly, I am seeing an image in the mirror. How is the image in the mirror? It's a reflection of something. And the something is not even in front of me. So it's just an indirect reference. So there is a problem, Maya has created this major issue with us. When we use our bodies of trying to reach God, there is a major problem. So now let us see how this problem can be sorted out. There is a sorting out of problem that has to be done, isn't it? So let us see how it is done. Originally, one, the absolute Brahma, comes to be known as a threefold manifesting itself in the three modes of material nature, that is Sattva, Rajas and Tamas, that is goodness, passion and ignorance. When the Divine Lord came, He exhibited Himself into three categories, that is Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. Brahma further expanded its potency and thus the power to act and the power to consciousness became manifest along with the false ego which covers the identity of the conditioned living beings. Thus, by the expansion of the multipotencies of the absolute, the demigods as an embodiment of knowledge becomes manifest along with the material senses, their objects and the result of material activity, namely happiness and distress. In this way, the manifestation of the material world takes place at the subtle cause and as the material effect visible in the appearance of gross and the material bodies, Brahma, which is the source of all subtle, and gross manifestation is simultaneously transcendental to them being absolute. So, this is a big verse which will tell you, when Brahma, when the Supreme Divine Consciousness created an entity called Brahma. Brahma is called the unmanifest domain. It's an unmanifest God. The unmanifest God then expanded himself into various things which is first he did was the three gunas sattva, rajas and tamas and from this came out various components the sattva rajas and tamas created components which are with with all the materials in this material world what are the materials in the material world? that is air, water, fire so on and so forth there are five elements taking into account all these things there were various domains created including the human domain there were gods also created gods are nothing when when we say gods these are not the gods that we are talking about that is supreme god no we are talking about intelligence in the form of knowledge this is knowledge base see it is here over here thus by the expansion of the multipotencies of the absolute multipotencies of the absolute that means the powers that be the demigods, as an embodiment of knowledge, became manifest. Now, what is the potency? The potency, let us take one potency the money, wealth. You know, wealth to buy certain things, to get certain things, to own certain things, you require money or wealth. That became manifest in a particular domain, that is, this domain which we call as. Lakshmi, she became manifest as the demigods for the purpose of creating the wealth with which you can buy certain things. So did you see how the whole thing is? So if I have to buy certain things, which is my potency. Now look at all the rich people in the world. They can buy aircrafts, they can buy nice yachts, they can buy fancy, you know, houses and stuff like that. When they are buying certain things, what do they require? Money and wealth, isn't it? So when that comes to them, it comes to them. So that is called the potency to buy. It comes from this thing called money or wealth. Where does this thing rest? In which God? In which demigod? This demigod would be called Lakshmi. So Lakshmi would be the knowledge, which is basically how we can generate that thing. So did you see how the whole flow is? Second, now let us look at other aspect of it. Now, I want to become an engineer or I want to become a doctor. So, I require a degree. The degree can be got by knowledge. The knowledge demigod is called Saraswati. And Saraswati is the one which gives me this knowledge. So, see how the whole flow of this thing happens. So, did you understand that all these demigods are nothing but knowledge base they are an embodiment of knowledge so this is how he created this entire world and then he included with it the false ego and the various objects that are there like all the senses the sense organs and your body and everything so gross and material bodies came into effect Hmm. Brahma The eternal soul was never born and will never die, nor does it grow or decay. The spiritual soul is actually the knower of the youth, middle age and death of the material body. Thus the soul can be understood to be pure consciousness existing everywhere at all times and never being destroyed. Just as a life-air within the body, although one becomes manifest as in contact with various material senses, the one soul appears to assume various material designations in contact with the material bodies. So as a body, you are born, then you have various stages in your body. As a childhood till death, there are various stages that you cover. Again, you are earlier, as a child you are learning, after that you grow up, you get married, have children, have family, do this, do that. And then you have one Prasthashrama and after that sannyasashrama. All these are part and parcel of your domain which happens. And it is mentioned that this particular entity, that which runs our system is supposed to be called a soul, supposed to be called a soul. But it is Jeevatma, we call it as a jivatma, something that runs our body. And that is there responsible for keeping us going all the time. So finally we have come to this portion where the spirit soul, this particular thing which runs our body is actually called the spirit, the spirit soul, okay, that is jivahatma is born in many different species of life within this material world. Some species are born from eggs, other from embryos, other from seeds of plants and trees and other from perspiration. And in all species of life, the prana, the vital air, remains unchanging and follows the spirit soul from one body to another. Similarly, the spirit soul is eternally the same despite its material conditions of life. We have practical experiences of these. When we are absorbed in deep sleep without dreaming, the material senses become inactive and even the mind and the false ego are merged in the dormant condition. But although the senses, mind and the false ego are inactive, one remembers upon waking that he, the soul, was peacefully sleeping. Now this is called the spirit soul. Now what does he do? He takes up various bodies after bodies after bodies. So one body he takes, he dies, takes up another body, dies, takes up another body, dies, takes up another body, dies. There is an extension of all bodies coming together in his world. So it is like, you know, just imagine the spirit soul is like a string and each is a pearl in that. Each one is a pearl. Each body is a pearl. The string is common in all, isn't it? And one is connected to the other, to the other, to the other through that string only. And it creates a necklace. Now. This is how you, you have to see life all about. Now what happens is the spirit soul is eternally in that same material domain. You keep on doing all sorts of karmas in this material world from one life going to another life to another life to another life to another life and it just goes on. And all happens because of your false ego and everything happens because of the mind that is there and all your senses and all your bodily organs. You keep on creating more and more karma for yourself. But whether the soul is there in you or no? Whether it is there during that particular period of time? How it is understood? Remember you have three states. Three states is one is sleeping. That is deep sleep. One is dream state. And the third one is waking state. Now in the waking state you know you are alive, isn't it? You know what is happening. In the in dream state, you definitely know what is happening and what is not even there, you will see in that dream. All, you know, stories. Different, different stories happen. But in the third state, where you are in a deep sleep, you actually have no clue about this material world. And yet, what happens? You have an idea that you were sleeping. So who was sleeping? The Spirit says, you were sleeping. So naturally, now you understood. That you have this something in you which keeps on telling you you are there you are there you are there you are there when one seriously engages in the devotional service of the personality of Godhead fixing the lotus lotus feet within one's heart as one's goal of life one can destroy this innumerable pure desires lodged within the heart as a result of one's previous fruity work within the three modes of material nature when the heart is thus purified one can directly perceive both the Supreme Lord and oneself as transcendental entities. Thus one becomes perfect in spiritual understanding through direct experience, just as one can directly experience the sunshine through normal healthy vision. What is the method of overcoming these stupid you know things that keep on giving us that life after life after life after life after life? What is the method? Method is simply to purify your inner being, the heart. And how do you do that? That should be the only goal. It has to be done by giving up all desires. So many desires are there. Even from your past life. You know what? how how it comes from your past life? Oh, in my last life, I was not allowed to eat this and I was not allowed to eat that. So in this life, you want to eat your fill. How do you want to eat your fill? You want to keep on gobbling the whole thing up. Biryani, 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 you know. Suppose those who have the, the great affair with biryanis in their life. Remember in your last life, maybe you are a waiter in Hyderabad and nobody offered you biryani. <laughs> so this life you want all the biryani possible in the world. Mala hai, bhaiya, Hyderabadi biryani khilao hyderabadi biryani this is what it is all about in your last life you were without any clothes so this this life you want clothes after clothes after clothes after clothes after clothes are you not full stop in your life this is what you have brought from your last life in your last life you were sex starved you know nobody gave you anything in this world so this time you are just after you know <laughs> the lust and that the, the sexual activity is so intense and high that you just want to be lost in that whole bloody world. Think. In your last life, you are not allowed to speak. In in this life, you are garrulous to the core, you know, like... You are just like, a you know, the constant flow of water. Ganga. It's not Ganga which is flowing from your mouth, but it is something else. Gutter water. But that is what you want to do. Why? Because in your last life or the life before or the life before, you didn't get a chance. So, did you understand why these kind of things happen to you? I want more clothes, I want this, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. All that is happening because of your your last life. And these are the desires. So, what are you supposed to do? destroy these desires. When you really want to overcome Maya, this is what you have to do. Fixing the Lord's feet within one's heart has the only goal of life. One can destroy the innumerable pure desires lodged within the heart as a result of one's previous fruity works within the three three modes of material nature. All these desires that have come to you, can you please wash them away? When you are with the Lord, wash them away. Throw them out of your heart. You don't have to keep on desiring. Why are you having these desires? For what reason do you have these desires? See, think about it like this. If you have the desire, the Lord knows about it, isn't it? He knows about it. If he knows about it, don't you think he will some way or the other, when you have thrown away all the desires, he will some way or the other make them happen to you? Can you understand that? This is what it is all about. You know, many a times you will find that a pure desire comes in your heart, but you are not even saying it. It does not even appear. And you will find that that object comes and stands in front of you. And you get that object. At that point in time don't you feel that, oh, I was just just even thinking, you know, maybe I can have this. And here you have the object right in front of you. And the Lord has made it appear to you. And why? Because you have removed all the desires from your being. So remove all the desires. There is no need of having any desires. The Lord knows what he is supposed to do with you. So just put him in your heart and remove all kinds of desires. So one becomes perfect in spiritual understanding through direct experience because your heart is now occupied by the Lord and not by your desires and if the Lord is occupying your heart then what happens He gives you a perfect understanding through direct experience He is going to give you a direct experience He will directly give you an experience about Himself Just as one experiences in this material world the sunshine when you look at the sunshine don't you experience sun like that king nimi said oh great sage please speak to us about the process of karma yoga purified by this process of dedicating one's practical work to the supreme a person can very quickly free himself from material activities even in this life and thus enjoy a pure life of transcendental Platform. So King Nimi has asked the next question. He says, can you please describe to me what is this Karma Yoga all about? Once in the past, in the presence of my father, Maharaj Ishvaku, I placed a similar question before four sages who were the sons of Lord Brahma, but they did not answer my question. So please explain this reason for this. Sri Khotras replied. Now these are the sages which are replying. Prescribed duties, non-performance of such duties and forbidden activities are topics one can properly understand through authorized study of the Vedic literature. This difficult subject matter can never be understood by mundane speculation. The authorized Vedic literature is a sound incarnation of the personality of Godhead himself, and thus Vedic knowledge is perfect. Even the greatest learned sages are bewildered by their attempt to understand the science of action if they neglect the authority of the Vedic knowledge. All this that we are talking about is already written in the Vedas and the Shastras. Everywhere it is written. It is mentioned very clearly. You are told all the time what you are supposed to do and what you are not supposed to do. There are certain Vedic injunctions. Like in, in the Christian literature, there is the Ten Commandments which were given to the to, by the Lord to Moses. Then he said, okay, go and do this in this world. And there were the entire list of things that here. There are do's and don'ts. Similarly, here also there are lots of do's and don'ts. And these are mentioned as prescribed duties. When you do this, this will happen. When you don't do this, this will happen. See, there are always the pros and the cons. Like it's literally like a constitution. Isn't it? Childish and foolish people are attached to materialistic, fruitive activities. Although the actual goal of life is to become free from such activities. Therefore, The Vedic injunctions directly lead one to the path of ultimate liberation by the first prescribing fruity religious activity. Such as a father promises his child candy so that the child will take up his medicine. Foolish people are involved in their material worldly things. How are they involved? They will say, I want to eat this, I want to drink that, I want to have this, I want to have that. So many things they have this, you know. I want this and I want that. Look at all the children. Now the Diwali is coming right around the corner. The children will say, Dad, I want very good clothes. Okay, I want this and I want that and I want fatakas and I want, you know, all different kinds of things. Some people will say, no, 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 I am the environmentally friendly person. I am not going to use fataka. But then what? I will eat sweet meat. Okay, so they will go and buy some nice sweets. The third person will say, no, 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 I am dieting, I cannot eat sweet meat. Okay, so then what will you eat? Oh, I will go for the you know different different kinds of things which are going to have non-fat component in it. Acha? I don't understand whether that fat component or non-fat component, and whether there are fatakas were there and this was there and that was there. The strangest part of it all is what you know. We keep on bringing all this nonsense in our world. People say, don't pollute. The universe itself pollutes, think about it, if there is a very great explosion, okay, or some volcano erupts, do you know for the earth to settle down takes a very very long time? Very good. Now you will say, oh it erupted because we were doing some nonsense. You see there are various places where there are very big holes get created and the water goes right inside and it gets gulped down. And then they will say oh this has happened because there was a mine downstairs over there. But that is what you are supposed to do. What makes you think that you are not supposed to do? Some people are saying you know you should not burst crackers during Diwali. Okay? You are not supposed to burst crackers. Why? Because they pollute the air. Of course you have to take care of your environment so you don't pollute so sound so don't have those kind of things which are going to burn your ears isn't it? You destroy, destroy your eardrum and then something which will create carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide, sulfurous fumes, and all those kind of things you should not have so any which way you are definitely not supposed to have so like you got rid of the cigarettes you can get rid of all the firecrackers also But why not get rid of all those other things which are causing disturbance in this material world? Like drinks. Like drugs. But man is a very disturbed creature himself. He doesn't pay attention to that. He says, I was just drinking for my own sake, but not bothered about it. What are you doing? Are you not destroying many other things along with it? No, no, no. How am I destroying? The alcohol going in your system, the grapes or whatever fruit that was used, it could have been used for a different purpose, for feeding some people, isn't it? So what makes you think that that is there? You can come up with multiple kinds of, you know, uh, arguments, pro and con. But the world has been created for a particular purpose. You are supposed to follow a particular path, which is called the path of righteousness. The path of righteousness is simply this. There may be in here where I am, every second shop is a liquor shop. Does it mean that I should be going and drinking every second day liquor over here? Not necessary, isn't it? It's in your hands. And that is what is mentioned in these Vedas and the Shastras. Can you stay out of it? You don't have to go towards that. You don't have to do those kind of things. So, though you are born in the three gunas, the three gunas which are sattva, rajas and tamas, it is not necessary to fall down. And this is what it says. There are Vedic injunctions. Vedic injunctions are those which will describe to you why you are not supposed to do those things. It's not like a, you know, smoking is bad for health or something like that. Alcohol consumption is bad. There is no such kind of a marker written anywhere. You can go and do whatever you want to. It's not written on, on a bottle of alcohol, okay? Is it written? Alcohol is injurious to health, is it written anywhere? No, but cigarette it is written, no? It causes cancer. And on sugar is it written? Eating sugar you will become fat. No. On using expensive cosmetics, is it written, by using these cosmetics, your money will disappear? Is it written? No. But naturally money disappears no, when you use these nonsensical cosmetics. Is it written on a, on a very nice, you know, handbag or a chapel that buying this, your money will go away? You won't even use it in the year. You may buy very expensive garments, is it mentioned on the garment that you know, using this garment, so many people in Bangladesh were used for making these garments and there was child labour use and all that or in India, is it written on that? But there are idiots in this world who are fighting for it, boss everything in this world is contaminated. You are not supposed to bother about other people, We bother about yourself, bother about yourself. Got it first? If you want to make a change in this world, first change yourself. Follow the injunctions of the Vedas yourself. Do you get the point? Don't try to change the world late. The change. Try to change the world later. But be good yourself. If you are waking up at 4.30 in the morning, why is somebody else waking up late? But if you are waking up at 7.30 in the morning, the other person is waking up at 10.30. That is because that person is looking at you. But if you wake up at 4.30 in the morning, naturally the person in your house will someday understand it is very important to wake up. Uh, this is this is one very thing I will, I will explain to you. Why timing is so much important? You know, waking up early, why is it important? i have all explained this before but in a blog and all but let me give it to you over here when you go to sleep at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock in the night and get up at 6:30 or 7 o'clock in the night in the morning you have slept for 8 hours okay have you seen that 8 hours you have slept 8 hours if you sleep in the entire say 70 80 90 or 100 years of your life of your life has gone down the drain for sleeping. Got it? One third of your life you are sleeping. Now, when is the physical activity happening which is actually productive? You will find in an entire day your productive cycle is only one hour. Only one hour. You may say, you know, I went to work at 9 o'clock in the morning and I came from work at 5 o'clock in the evening. And if I were to total the entire amount of work that you have actually done, which have given some output, it will not exceed more than one hour. Somebody who says, you know, I'm working in the kitchen. I'm working for 4 hours or 5 hours in the kitchen. You will find that that 4 to 5 hours is actually an extended form. like a chewing gum extended you can do the same thing very efficiently in one hour one hour that's it so if you were to get now in your remaining remaining how many 18 hours you are traveling for one or two hours let us say you are eating food you are going to the toilet you are going on the internet, you are reading your news or you are going on the cell phone, doing so many activities, you are daydreaming, okay, you are taking a nap also, little nap in the afternoon, maybe, I don't know, you are going out for some buying groceries and stuff like that, if you see, you you will find that in 16 hours, you are still left with only 8 hours to do actually physical work which you are supposed to do. And in that the productivity is 1 to 2 hours, not more than that. Let me assure you this much. Now, if I were to cut down my sleep time, if I go to sleep at 11 o'clock, suppose, or 10 o'clock, and I get up at 4 or 5 o'clock, what happens? I am getting additional 2 to 3 hours do you know this 2 to 3 hours translates into 365 working days in a 365 days in a year approximately 700 plus hours in 1 year get added to your life more than 700 hours get added and if you were to do this for the next 20 years of your life how many hours you have added to your life this can then be converted into productive form. So maybe those two hours that you got additional, you can read something. You can contemplate, you can do yoga, you can do sadhana, you can do whatever that you want. Can you not do those things? Is that not called buy one, get one, get one, bonus free, 20% extra, discount, this, that, isn't that what you got? So on your life you can put one sticker over here, 20% extra you know like you have on the on that uh, one uh, biscuit you know one pack of biscuits you will get 20% extra biscuits in this it's the same dabba by the way at the same price suppose you are getting parleji biscuits you know one pack comes for 10 rupees 20% extra so like that you are like that parleji box and you have got yourself 20% extra isn't it worth it? And that is the reason why getting up early in the morning puts back additional hours in your life. And now, where is it written? Nowhere. But definitely there are those people in this world who teach you these kind of things. You are supposed to listen to the good part of it, not take the bad part of it. Bad part of it is, Chalo, party ko jate. You can put additional extra biscuits in you, know, You can do that <laughs> instead of taking out from it. So this is what it means. It's like this child who is behaving like an idiot. I want this, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that all the time. Whether it is candy, whether it is crackers, whether it is good clothes, whether he wants to enjoy his life, go to Disney World or whatever. All these are fruitive activities. They are leading you further and further. If an ignorant person who has not conquered the material senses does not adhere to the Vedic injunctions, certainly he will engage in sinful and irreligious activities. Thus his reward will be repeated birth of birth and death. What is the reward to this idiot who is doing these kind of things? If you have not been able to conquer your material senses. Think, in the last life you didn't get clothes. So in this life you are gathering clothes after clothes after clothes after clothes after clothes. Your cupboards are filled with the clothes. Do you know you have sanctioned yourself life after life after life after life after life? To make one piece of cloth which might be labelled as made in America or you know American brand made in Bangladesh made in Vietnam made in Indonesia made in India made in Pakistan it is made in this kind of countries that one piece of cloth carries the sweat of maybe 20 children 20 children you are responsible for buying that stuff because you have that greed, that lust for those kind of things you will meet these children in your further 20 lives have you understood this? why do you want to meet these children in your 20 lives after that? If you like to buy some fancy shoes which are made from cow hide So wouldn't you like to provide your hide to these cows when they become humans? Of course So how many cow hides would you like to have? You know how many lives that you are sanctioning yourself? This is what nobody understands See this verse, it is telling you something if an ignorant person who has not conquered the material senses, I want to eat, I want to eat, I want to eat, I want to drink, I want to drink, I want to drink, I want to wear nice clothes, I want to buy these things, I want to buy that things, I want to do this thing, I want to do pura no want, 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 want. These are all kinds of desires. When they are not able to control their material senses, then what happens? He does not adhere to the Vedic injunctions. There are Vedic injunctions he doesn't adhere to. Certainly, he will engage in sinful and irreligious activities. Irreligious activities? Very good activity. How do you know that? You don't even know. Your bricks have come from a place where there is exploitation. Don't you know that? The bricks which you are going to use in making your houses have come from a place where the poor people are exploited. The cement that is brought from them, the steel that is made, You are building a house, that steel could have been made for the purpose of making a bridge, for public purposes, you are using that steel. The money which you have got, 10% of it could have gone to charity, but you have put, not 10%, 100% of that, you have used that 10% which should go for charity as an E, as you know, as a down payment, are you not responsible? You think you are not doing any sinful activities? Nobody understands this. Everybody thinks that, Oh, I mere to money. your money? is not in world. Everything is given to you by God for a particular purpose. And that purpose needs to be served. And Thus His reward will be repeated births and deaths. Understand this you will have to undergo those repeated births and deaths, come whatever may. Even your carpenter, his people, those who are involved in making the houses, the mason, you think about it, the tile maker, the tile manufacturer, whoever, there is so much of exploitation that has happened. You think you are not responsible? Think, think, think. You see, the drug cartels are responsible for all the drugs, they say. Don't you think that the person who buys it is also responsible? Why is the drug cartel making the drugs? Because there is a customer over there. And that customer is you. And if you are asking for it, are they not going to exploit people? So it is a very healthy process, sir. Don't think that this is there and that is there. No! Only this is responsible. Don't blame the drug cartel for whatever happening in this world. You are equally responsible for it. Like they are responsible, you are equally responsible. Similarly, if you are buying fancy clothes, you may say, I didn't exploit those children. But madam and sir, are you not wearing those fancy clothes? Are you not a part of that chain? So you are exploiting see think about it there are so many things that are happening you know those who are suffering from diabetes think those who are suffering from diabetes their insulin comes from a particular source those who are suffering from a particular kind of a disease somewhere do don't you know that that particular medicine is coming from particular places you know There is a particular kind of a crab. It's a big crab. It's got a pointed snout. It gives off a blue kind of a blood. And that blood is used for purification. And then from it some ingredients are removed. And literally the crabs are sitting like this in a production lineup, And they are being milked every day for their blood. So that you remain healthy. So you think you are not responsible? You are responsible. Everything that you do is a responsible act. I am not saying that you should not take up, you know, wear good clothes and all that. No, there has to be a limit to how many clothes you can own. There has to be a limit to how many cars you can have. There should be a limit to how much you can actually Hold. Don't don't hold anything. Use it for that purpose only. The gold which women buy in this world. Where do you think it comes from? It's exploitation to the core. Not only of the earth, but of the people, those who are there in this world. So remember this. So, the reward is always birth and death. By executing... Without attachment the regulated activities prescribed in the Vedas, offering the result of such work to the Supreme Lord, one attains the perfection of result from the bondage of material work. The material future results offered in these revealed scriptures are not the actual goal of Vedic knowledge, but are meant for stimulating the interest of the performer. So here he says, the Vedas are written so that people, these kind of idiots, can get out of these kind of things. That is the only reason why it is written the Vedas. Now do you understand the purport of the Vedas? Now do you understand why the Ten Commandments came into the picture? Is Because there are in, ignorant people in this world. That is the only reason why they have come. But that is not the way of reaching God. One who desires to quickly cut the knot of false ego, which binds the spirit soul, should worship the Supreme Lord Keshava by regulations found in the Vedic literature, such as the Tantras. Having obtained the mercy of his spiritual master, who reveals to the disciple the injunctions of the Vedic scriptures, the devotee should worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead in a particular form of the Lord the devotee finds most attractive. So, taking guidance of your spiritual masters, learning and understanding the entire purport of all these texts that are there, you can understand from him. You know, he is the master. He is going to teach you. He will also show you the pathway out of this Maya's domain. So what does he do? You have to then fix your mind on your Ishta Dev is the God that you love. Here in our case we are talking about Krishna. After cleansing oneself, purifying the body by pranayama, bhuta shuddhi another process and marking the body with sacred tilaka for protection, one should sit in front of the deity and worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Then you do your prayers to this particular Godhead. The devotee should gather whatever ingredients for worshiping the deity are available. Make ready the offering. The ground, the mind, the deity, sprinkle the sitting place with water for purification and prepare the bathing water and other paraphernalia. The devotee should then place the deity in the proper place, work physically and within his own mind, concentrate his attention and mark the deity's heart and other parts of the body with tilaka. Then he should offer worship with the appropriate mantra. This is just so that you are bringing the God within you, outside over there, as one small deity right in front of you. A small statue or something. One should worship this deity along with each limbs. I will take two more minutes. Transcendental body. His weapons such as Sudarshan Chakra, his bodily features and his personal associates. One should worship each of these transcendental aspects of the Lord by his own mantra with offerings of water to wash the feet, scented water, water to wash the mouth, water for bathing, fine clothes, ornaments, fragrant oils, valuable necklaces, unbroken barley corns, flowers, garlands, incense, lamps. Having thus completed the worship in all its aspects in accordance with the prescribed regulation, one should then honour the deity of Lord Hari with prayer and offer obeisance to him by bowing down to him. The worshiper should become fully absorbed in meditating upon himself as the eternal servant of the Lord and should thus perfectly worship the deity. Remembering that the deity is also situated within the heart, then he should take the remnants of the deity's paraphernalia, such as flower garlands, upon his head, respectfully put the deity back in its own place thus concluding the worship. So how is the worship to be done? I think all of you are actually doing it in your own houses and that is exactly how you are supposed to do. Thus the worshipper of the Supreme Lord should recognize the personality of Godhead in all pervading and should worship him through his presence in fire, the sun, water and other elements in the heart of guests one receives in one's home and also in one's own heart. In this way the worshipper will very soon achieve liberation. So we have come to the end of this chapter. It was a lengthy chapter and it has taken us three, maybe three weeks to actually complete it or four weeks. So we have come to the end of this chapter. So we can stop over here.